The following is a paid program and is meant for educational information only and is the sole opinion of today's sponsors. A full inspection of your situation is suggested before taking any action. From home repair to remodeling, this is Making Your Home Great. And Making Your Home Great is a show that involves your, um, well, your attention and your phone calls. If you don't mind, 919-860-9783 is our number. I'll repeat that, 919-860-9783. You call here, you get answers to your questions. We're mostly staying at a certain level up on your house because we've got Will Hayes from RoofWorks. And of course, Brock Emmons here, and Brock does the under uh, underhouse uh, triangle radiant barriers, or the no, sorry, I've goofed it up. Uh, in the attic, the triangle radiant barriers, uh, insulation, insulation, right. and and um, he's a former roofer. So these guys are going to talk shop for a while. Call us up and join in nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Will, how did you get into roofing well actually i started i moved back to north carolina after living in wyoming for a few years yeah and the best job i could find was at an accounting office with a local roofing company um decided that i didn't like accounting much anymore (laughs) yeah uh, it happens i went into sales and uh, worked with my current partner there uh, for about six years. That's Derwin? That's Derwin Manus. Yeah, 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 yeah. He uh, was on the show. Been yeah. on the show, that's right. Um, so after working together for six years, we decided that, you know, we were pretty much cultivating our own leads, running our projects, even collecting our own money. So we decided we could do it ourselves and give homeowners an option uh, without the, I guess, higher overhead costs. I'm on the website for RoofWorks right now, and the funny thing has happened. Um, I kind of landed on RoofWorks' website a couple of minutes ago, and since then, a little pop-up has come up, um, and I can live chat with somebody named Jesse, apparently, on the, on the website. Uh, is there anything we should ask Jesse? <laughs> I think you can ask Jesse whatever you'd like. Really? Okay. But I've got you, so I get, we're going to go ahead and ask uh, you. Now, You'll do a full roof for somebody, right? You'll repair – or sorry, replace the whole roof. Absolutely. Clearly. Uh, we consider ourselves a full-service roofing company. Do you do that a lot, the whole roof? Uh, quite a bit. I mean, that's you know one of the larger parts of our business. Um, but being full-service, we have repair and maintenance, which is sort of the backbone of our company. Um, and the nice thing is that we have full-time in-house employees. Yeah. Um, they're drug-tested. Uh, their background checked. Yep, um, which gives the customer a lot of uh, confidence. A lot of people don't repair roofs at all, do they? Uh, actually, you'd be surprised with the storms that we get here in this time of year. Yeah, no, I mean companies. Oh, I mean your competition. Uh, some, some people just want to do the whole roof. That's right. Most most roofing companies I've ever dealt with only like doing full replacement. You end up calling them out there to try to. Replace something that was damaged, or or do touch up work to the roof, and most of the time they turn that business down. But not you guys. No, that's. I think we found a niche in that area because most of our competition, a lot of times, is a you know husband and wife team, and they work out of their house. Right. They're hiring subcontractors to to do the work. With having the in house employees, we have more control. 
Um, and we've just, like I said, found it to be a really good niche. And what causes a leak in a roof? I, I know that sounds like a dumb question, <laughs> but that's what I'm here for. Um, you know, we had that at one point where the, the chimney comes up and, you know, there's a little seam and it wasn't wasn't done properly. That was just the poor flashing. installation. Sure. The Most, flashing yeah, the wasn't flashing. right. Mm-hmm. Eventually we got it fixed. But what usually causes a, a leak in a roof? I would say nine times out of ten it's either going to be the flashing or uh, where you have a penetration coming through the roof, such as a vent pipe for your plumbing system. Uh, those typically wear out you know, five to seven years, and most people don't do any sort of annual maintenance, and, you know, they're not up on their roof, so they don't check and see these things. And Yeah, they call those pipe jacks, these little the little white pipes that come up right up through the roof. They have a rubber, uh, most of the time a rubber base to yeah. them. Well, it, it's rubber. So being on your roof in the sun, yep. extended period of time, that he is absolutely right. That's normally where the leaks come in, which is why a lot of people will try to end up using lead, try to cover those pipe jacks with a lead-based product try to prevent those leaks long term is it a sort of thing where you're replacing that that rubber up there well you actually just replace the whole boot Mm -hmm. and to do it properly you really ought to take the shingles out around that boot inspect the plywood or the decking uh, go back with an ice and water guard uh, and then put a new pipe jack on and then new shingles Um, it's interesting that brock mentioned the lead boots and for a long time we were recommending those but we found that squirrels like to chew on those things and, <laughs> sure and we have a lot of squirrels here so. i uh, i'll bet you that you drive around and shake your head at other people's work <laughs> or other people's roofs at least well, i probably spend more time looking at roofs than most people yeah I'd say that yeah, I, I i can appreciate that we're also going to talk about brock's uh, area of business with triangle radiant barrier we're going to talk about insulation. Is uh, what's going on? Your phone's ringing. Yeah, yeah. The, the last few weeks here. I mean, everybody in the Metroplex is is uh, aware of the weather that we've had here for the last <coughs> couple of weeks. Yeah. So we've we've gotten an influx of calls of people concerned with their utility costs, not being able to keep the top floor of their home cool. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the primary concern that we're getting from a lot of our callers right now. Is you know we've got a two story house. Feels nice downstairs. The bedrooms on the upstairs. We cannot keep cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the air conditioner is running nonstop. W- w- what's the problem? What uh, is the problem? Uh, it can be a couple of different problems. Um, a, it could have an issue with the air conditioner, which is why we normally recommend letting us come out to do an energy assessment. If there's not an issue with the air conditioner, if it's blowing air at the right pressure and it's uh-huh. the right temperature, nine times out of ten, it's it's going to be an insulation problem. Insulation that's already up there but inferior to what it should be? Well, brand new homes don't normally run into this problem because the insulation in the attic is three feet deep. It just got blown in. It's nice and fluffy. Yeah. But we all know a lot of the homes in in this area range in age from the 1930s bungalow all the way up to brand new. And a lot of these older homes, the insulation has just deteriorated. It's broken down, turned Mm -hmm. into dust over the years, and it's no longer boasting the same R value that it used to. So there are upgrades. You can go in and add insulation, either blow in more. You can do a radiant barrier in the attic, which will cool off the entire attic, or Mm -hmm. seal the attic with a foam product. Mm -hmm. Um, Really depends on the budget you're working with and and how much savings you really want to see on your utility bill. All right. 
We're going to talk about insulation. We're going to talk about roofs. And we're going to talk about uh, getting you to pick up the phone. 919-860-9783 is our number one. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic, and making your home great. 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783, Making Your Home Great on WPTF. In studio today, Will Haynes, sorry, Will Hayes, I'm sorry, you got it right, <laughs> eventually from RoofWorks, let's get that one right, R-O-O-F-W-E-R-K-S, look for them and you'll find them at uh, RoofWorks.com at Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. And the thing I want to talk about is I I just had some roof work done. I actually had the entire roof done in my house. I wanted sort of a greenish tint. My wife said no. So. Overruled. The black black color that we do have now, they called it architectural. Mm. What does that mean? Sure, it was. Basically, it's a term for a shingle that has it's a multi-layer laminated shingle, so it provides additional depth. Um, it is thicker than the traditional three-tab shingles. Yeah. Um, so you get more weather protection, typically a longer warranty, uh, obviously more asphalt in the shingle, which is the waterproofing you know, component of the shingle. Is it going to last longer for me? Mm-hmm. It certainly should, yes. It's a popular shingle in Texas. You know, when I did roofing, it was back in Texas, and, yeah. and there's a lot of hailstorms in Texas every right. year. Right. Every year, that's the most common shingle there because you can normally get through two major hailstorms before needing <laughs> to replace that okay. type of shingle. So that that is a very good shingle, depending on the brand. Yeah. Depending on the brand. All right. What about accents around the shingle? Well, I think you know design is really kind of changed a little bit in the sense that people want to get different textures and looks on their roof. So they they might accent the architectural shingle that you mentioned with some standing seam metal, either on a dormer or over water tables or returns, Um, you know, just really trying to get a, I guess, a nice contrast. Contrast. Or or, uh, even copper. I mean, I've I've seen a lot of homes. Well, some of the higher end homes up in up in the north part of Cary have had a lot of copper accents over their dormers. Is that something you guys can do as well? Absolutely, copper is very popular, although it is fairly expensive. So that <laughs> you know steers people back to just a painted metal. But you know, copper is going to. Can, can you come to by my house and just put in some sort of metal and painted copper? Because <laughs> I can't afford the copper. Well, they have they have copper colored paints yeah um, yeah they have metallic you know painted steel and painted aluminum that give you the copper look with the lower price and the other thing about copper we all know from the statue of liberty she was at one time the the color of a pretty brand new penny that's right but so, it, it fades so copper weathers over time and it'll right. go from a shiny copper penny color to a you know a medium brown and eventually to a darker brown, and then over probably 75 years, unless you're at the coast, it's going to go to a greenish color. Now, is that inevitable, or is there any steps you can take to prolong the life expectancy? Well, it doesn't change the life expectancy okay. of, of the copper. It's really just the the appearance. The appearance of it. But there are people that 
want to maintain that shiny, brand new look. Yeah. Um, and you can put sort of a polyurethane type stain or spray on top of it, which will keep it that shiny color for a period of time. The negative with that is once the polyurethane wears away, it typically wears away slightly unevenly due to the weathering. And so you end up with a real splotchy parts that are really really shiny and parts that are, you know, a darker brown. I don't know. The way you're describing the weathering, I'm thinking of people. You know, (laughs) you know, we all just kind of get that patina about us after a certain (laughs) certain number of years. The um, the design aspect of that, how involved are you or are you just the guy you call in at the last minute to put it in? Well, we actually have consultants that we that work with our homeowners, um, and you know, a little bit different for RoofWorks is that you know we want people to come in and be involved in the selection process. We don't just try to you know force an architectural shingle on you. We want you to see your options and choices, and we encourage people to come in and look at you know what different options they have. What are the options? Well, I, you know, you'd mentioned the three tab shingle. I know what a three tab shingle looks out looks like. They just scraped it off the top of my house, and they're all around. It's got three tabs on it, right? So right? you start sort of the economy shingle would be your three tab shingle. That would have been my house, yes. <laughs> and that was, you know, really the only option for you know thirty or forty years. Um, yeah. And then they developed the architectural shingle, which was really an attempt to look like cedar shakes. Yeah. Um, and it's arguable as to whether or not they really look like cedar <laughs> shakes. But that was kind of the idea and given a, you know, sort of a broken up appearance. So it breaks up that large plane of your roof. Um, but there are, you know, numerous different styles of shingle. You can go, you know, into what they consider luxury or designer shingles um, where they truly look like cedar shakes they get larger and thicker um they have ones that look like slate yeah uh, so you can get a myriad of different different looks but obviously the price goes up the thicker and larger the shingle gets well and most people that are looking for a new roof and what they're thinking about is the shingle what it looks like what yeah. it's going to cost what yeah. it's going to make the house look like but the shingle isn't the only variable needed to to do a good roof replacement. Isn't there something underneath the shingle that's very important? It's correct. Well, it all starts, one, with the sheathing. You know, if you're doing a roof replacement, you take off the old. You want to make sure you take off the old underlayments, inspect the sheathing, yeah. make sure you've got a good solid foundation. You know, you don't want delaminated plywood. You don't want rotted spots where the nails aren't going to hold. Uh, then you want a nice underlayment. Um, synthetic underlayments have really become popular, you know, in the last five to ten years they've kind of replaced the old asphalt saturated felts um, yeah and they're like i said i think they perform a little better and keep weather out and it's really a secondary barrier if you're to lose shingles in a windstorm or, or something like that that underlayment's going to protect your house that's your insurance policy is what it is <laughs> yeah. in the event something gets past the shingles if you can use a waterproof laminate a high high grade uh, 30 synthetic felt uh, you're not going to be getting a lot of water damage on the inside of the house. It's well, an extra layer of protection. It took my insurance company six or eight weeks <laughs> to come to some sort of right, right between between storm and hammer. Six or eight weeks. Well, think about the thunderstorms that happen around here. Mm-hmm. The soakers that we get in two mm-hmm. months. 
you got to have something other than the shingle. I mean, literally, we were picking up shingles, you know, parts of shingles. Sure. Off the yard. I think okay. if you, I think if you find that you've lost shingles and something like that, I don't know that I would you know necessarily rely on the underlayments to get you by for eight to ten weeks. I That's think right. I would you know you need to call a professional company to come out and at least do some sort of temporary measure. It's like yeah. a spare tire. You don't want to drive the spare on the highway spare, eighty miles an hour for three I, weeks. I saw a guy <laughs> with four of those spare tires on his vehicle. He thought it was cool. You know what I mean? He oh, couldn't no. spend my. You, but you see it. You, but you see it. All right. Let's let's talk about solar works, which is a part of roof works. Sure, it's a it, that's a sister company that we have that's yeah. really you know focused on skylights, um, sun tunnels, natural daylighting, whether it's residential or commercial. Um, we found that people have been staying at home here in the last four months or so. And yes, sir. You know realize that they have dark spaces and, you know, an interior bathroom that they might want to bring more light into. Right. Um, and, you know, a sun tunnel is a very cost-effective way uh, to bring in a lot of natural light. A sun tunnel is what, then? It's essentially a light tube. Um, it's got a, you know, a, a metal tube that goes from a prism on the roof that collects the light. Yeah. And then guides that light down uh, to the ceiling level. And then you'll have a prismatic lens that is on the ceiling. Um, they're really cool. They're about yeah. – from the inside of the house, if you look at the ceiling, they're about the size of a basketball. Uh, but it yeah. is – and they've uh, I've seen them in a lot of really nice homes and master closets. That's really? where a lot of these customers are having them put in because when you go into the closet at night, it, it's almost moonlight in the closet. It's, it's very right. nice. It's really cool. Right. And if you have a room that doesn't have any – exterior windows it's a, a really good opportunity to bring a natural light and a lot of people use them we find in hallways um interior just really interior spaces but they also have uh larger commercial models As a matter of fact our office building uh, we have six of the large commercial units and we really don't even have to use uh regular powered lights yeah. during the day at all we got stan and garner stan welcome to the program thank you very much for calling in you're on making your home great on wptf good afternoon again dave and good afternoon to your gentlemen uh, guests that you had in the uh, in the uh, studio this yeah time. brock and will brock and will what's your question i have a question in regards to uh uh roofing yes shingles go as a matter of fact i moved into a new house uh two and a half years ago and last year uh, we had a hailstorm come through the gardener area, mm-hmm. and keep in mind my roof was one year old, and uh, it lasted for less. This was May of uh, last year, and it lasted. The hailstorm lasted for less than five minutes, and these were two to three inch balls coming down. Yeah, and it beat up everybody's roof in the whole area. Everybody was having totally new roofs, new shingles put on. Uh, these were originally 30-year architectural shingles, and uh, they were evaluated as being damaged to the point where they needed replaced along with everybody else in our neighborhood. Wow. Uh, so uh, we went from a 30-year architectural to a 50-year architectural. And they, uh, the company was ins- insisting that... Uh, 
Strip Edge was a mandatory, a mandatory uh, a part of the new new uh, roof assembly. Right. Is that correct? Uh, does Strip Edge make that much difference? Uh, we certainly recommend Drip Edge. It's a you know fairly inexpensive way to protect your fascia boards. Uh-huh. Um, it, it keeps water from blowing under the shingles on the edges, and then it helps uh, guide water into the gutters at the lower edge of the roof. Yeah, that's what they were saying. It keeps the uh, it keeps the uh, the water, the wind from coming up underneath the gutters. I mean, underneath the shingles. Mm-hmm. Correct. It, it like I said, it, it's a very nice, inexpensive insurance policy. And, and, and there's this new, you know, the uh, the asphalt underlayment is not used anymore. They put on a, uh, the underlayment was uh, probably the synthetic one, the light gray in color that you cannot tear with your hands if you try to. Is this going to be the standard underlayment for new, uh, new roofs? Well, it, I guess a lot of that would probably revert back to the building code, but the asphalt-saturated felts are still available and still in use, but the synthetic underlayments are really gaining momentum, I guess, or favorability in the marketplace. Um, they're lightweight. Uh, they cover more area than the old asphalt-saturated felts. Um, they typically will last a little longer when exposed to the weather than the asphalt felts. Um, so it's certainly what we see as the future of underlayments. Stan, thank you very much for the phone call. We're going to continue with Will Hayes from RoofWorks, and Brock Emmons from Triangle Radiant Barrier. This is Heart Health Radio. Call us up at 919-860-9783. This is Making Your Home Great on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic and your home. Please call us up, 919-860-9783. Brock Emmons is here, our regular co-host. Brock is with Triangle Radiant Barrier. Will Hayes from RoofWorks, spelled W-E-R-K-S. Brian in Greensboro. How you doing, Brian? Hello, how are you? Good. What's your question? Um, I had a roof put on last year, and um, one of the things that... Uh, didn't take place is that uh, the plywood wasn't replaced uh, completely. And uh, now that I've got this roof with architectural shingles on it, I see these bow spots uh, across the roof where it's not a perfectly flat roof. Is that going to cause me some issues down the road with warranty? Well, I think the bigger issue would be if it would actually lead to a leak. Um, it's not uncommon for houses that have a lighter gauge or thinner piece of plywood for that plywood to bow between the rafters. It really depends on the amount of deflection that you're seeing as to whether or not it's really a problem or if it's just something that's going to be an aesthetic issue. Now, Will, would, is that something that can be repaired? Repaired? I mean, are you able to cut out a section of the roof to replace the OSB and re-roof, or is that doing a whole facing? Well, I think it depends on the extent of the, the problem. If it's local to one specific area, you know, you could probably take take that section out and put in some plywood, but it really probably sounds like you're going to have to do an entire facet. It, does this make any sense that somebody would put an entire roof on a sagging roof area, on sagging wood? 
like I said, well, it really depends on the amount of deflection that you're seeing because sometimes when you've stripped a roof off, yeah. you, you don't actually see if it's very minor, you might not see any deflection. Um, if it's worse than that, it's yeah. something that probably should have been caught uh, and we're, you know, at least brought to the attention of the owner and, you know, at least discuss the options. And it's actually pretty common. Most of the time there's a roof replacement and there's an insurance claim, for example. Right. Insurance companies typically automatically add to what they call the scope of the loss right. between two and four uh, boards of 4 by 8 OSB in right. the event that there's any deck that's damaged when they get the roof off. So that very well could have been an area that needed to have been replaced at the time and Bri- was not. Brian, what was the reason to replace the roof? Oh, we, we just bought the house a couple of years ago. Um, the roof had been in disrepair and uh, needed some uh, basically reshingling. And uh, I, I'm real disappointed that uh, that the roofer that we chose didn't uh, just emphasize that we should have just put all brand new OSB down. Otherwise, uh, we're going to end up with this uh, wavy looking roof across the, uh, across the at least certain areas of the house. Gentlemen, should he have of replacing all the OSB? That that's, is that's too much. That's a, that's an expensive undertaking. Um, it, obviously, that is the way to go. Okay, uh, yeah. if you have the the money and the opportunity to pull the entire roof off, um, most of the time it's not necessary to replace all of the roof deck. Right. Uh, it's just replace the sections that are in disrepair that are that are you know in, in bad shape. Um, it it would you of course could have done that. That would have been a, a a pretty high ticket item, though. Brian, let me ask you: Can you get to the other side? Uh, in other words, are there is it a finished wall or a finished uh, uh, board on the inside of your attic and inside of the upstairs? Uh, yes, I have a walk-in attic that I could get to the underside of these uh, areas. Well, guys, what should he look for? I mean, I, I'm I'm stunned that that it sags at all. But if it does sag, I'm curious about why. Well, would you look for discolored wood? In, in older homes, they would allow you to space the rafters at 24 inches on center, which is you know a little larger spacing than right. what is I would say typical, which is a 16 inch on center. Yeah. So you, you've got a larger space for that plywood to span if it's a thinner gauge plywood or something less than a half inch you know it's likely just bowing between those where the actual rafter supports are yeah if it's not significant bowing then it's likely just an aesthetic issue and you'll see it from the outside the architectural right. shingles you know a lot of times will hide some of that as, yeah you know with the multi-layer laminate shingle you know provides more depth and will cover some of that visual yeah. Brian, any other questions? No, I, I appreciate the advice. Um, I think it is just an aesthetics issue. Yeah. And, um, you know, if I could have spent a couple thousand dollars to put the uh, the correct un- uh, plywood underneath it, I think I would have done that, even though it's expensive. Um, I'm kind of stuck with a new roof that looks like it's been there for 20 years. Yeah. Well, cross your fingers for the next big hailstorm. Yeah, and we'll Brian, see if we can really, get you honestly, a new one. <laughs> have you thought of insuring it and burning it? Have you? No, no, no I'm, I'm just kidding. Thank you, Brian. I was just going to add, if, 
Another yeah. caller has that same scenario. Another option would be to just add a second layer of plywood over top of the existing thinner plywood um, without having to take go to the expense of removing all the old wood if it's you know not deteriorated. So when you've when you've exposed the decking to put another layer on top. Correct. You can go back and you can actually probably get get by with a something a little thinner than a half inch plywood. You could go with a three eighths, yeah. save a little money, and then you've got two layers of wood that, you know, would give it a straight look. Unfortunately no longer an option for Brian. Brian, thank you very much. I appreciate you calling in. Telephone number here is nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Let's talk to Brock about um it's funny, I was watching a show the other day and they pulled people out of the ocean. They would they've been right? That's right. They've been but they're really cold. And the first thing they did is they wrapped them in this shiny material. And the first thing I thought of was radium barrier. He's he's wrapping that. The fire department apparently travels, and the Coast Guard does That's with right. triangle radium barrier. That's right. They buy their material from us directly. And no. tell me, tell me, because you mentioned triangle radiant barrier, and people don't imagine it. I know the picture looks like shiny stuff. Yeah, you know, radiant barrier is is one of many different types of insulation, and yeah. it's it's really popular the further south you go. If you find your way down to Oklahoma, Texas, Nevada, Arizona, it's a very very popular insulation. It's designed for high heat environments. Right. Well, guys, it's the same silver thing you put it in the windshield of your car. Yeah. It's the silver ductwork that comes off of your air conditioner unit up in the attic. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of different types of it. Um. It's becoming very popular here now in North Carolina to have it installed underneath the rafters of the attic. Yeah. So, for example, I had a customer last week. Uh, They had high utility bills or having issues cooling off the top floor of their house. Their air handling unit is in the attic. Right. Well, we use this as an opportunity. We went in and temped the attic the day before the install. It was 93 degrees outside. The bottom of the roof deck was temped at 137 Wow. The inside attic temperature was 127, right. and the temperature at the floor was 122. Right. So we came in and did a radiant barrier underneath the rafters. The highest temp he's gotten so far on a 93-degree day has been 96. Okay. When you cool the attic off that much, when your air conditioning system is up there, your ductwork is up there, the impact it makes not only on the overall feeling inside of the house is great, but your utility bill has a big chunk cut out of it. Right. So it's become really popular. I wonder why anybody would put air handling units in the attic in North Carolina. Two-story houses, it's more common. Um, if, if you haven't one air handling unit and it's under your house and yeah. it has to push air through the first floor all the way to the second floor, okay, it doesn't quite have the right pressure or the right temperature. So right. you normally need a dual unit. Okay. One for so the it's attic, a big house. One for under the house. Yeah. Okay. And All a, right. lot, a lot of the new homes uh, don't have crawl spaces. That's so. right. Yeah. Whoa, we're building on slab now? You see that quite a bit. Some slab, some basement. There's a lot of new basement homes that are coming in right now. Well, not in Fuquay Verena. I'll tell you exactly <laughs> why. Fuquay Verena sits on, at least some parts, my part, sits on the world's most incredible vein of quartzite oh you can they were weeks blasting trying to get the utilities in in my neighborhood i know from people who were 
They're putting it, you know. Sure, they weren't just working slow. Every time I see them, they're just going slow. There's that also. (laughs) But no, no, no. I mean, new construction is going in, and Fuquay and Holly Springs, and it's just incredible. But there are people who complain because there's so much dynamiting going on. Tammy from Four Oaks has called us uh, with a question about her home. Hi, Tammy. Welcome to Making Your Home Great. Thank you so much. I have a question for the guys. Yes. So if you stay in a, a double-wide mobile home, mm-hmm. is, there, is there any need to have one of these ridge vents put down the middle for ventilation? That's an excellent question. Um, if you are able to, absolutely. Uh, any type of ventilation that you can get above your head um, is is going to help cool off the trailer a lot more. There's a lot of double-wide trailers that don't necessarily have an A-frame attic. They have a flat roof. So if you have an A-frame attic and you do have an actual peak and you can install a ridge vent, I do recommend that. Um, solar attic fans have also become very popular with double-wides. Um, they're pretty easy to install. And depending on the size you go with from a 36 to a 60, I mean, the 60-watt fans can pull 1,550 cubic feet per minute. Okay. Um, which is also a, another very effective way to uh, to move around the air above there for a good price. They're, I mean, there's a 30% federal tax rebate right now for the solar attic fans. Okay. I like the ridge vents or the solar attic fans. Both are very effective. All right. Let's ask Will Hayes from RoofWorks just about the ridge vent. In a regular home, typical home, not just a, a you know a construction that Tammy's talking about. Sure. Well, the ridge vent is, as Brock mentioned, it's a you know basically a cutout at the very top or peak of the roof, right? That allows for exhaust ventilation. The the vent itself is actually a molded plastic piece, right? That covers that opening. Uh, it's got baffles inside that prevent water and debris and leaves and snow from blowing inside and it's designed uh, kind of like an airplane wing so as um, the wind passes over the top of your house right. it actually creates a suction from underneath and it helps pull air pulls that hot moist air out of your attic space it appears to be a tiny thin roof on my roof right that's correct and and here's something because we talked about the fact that roof works didn't do the roof work on my roof because I, I just met you, right? But I would have hired you. Um, but another company redid my roof, and they carried the ridge vent all the way to the edge where I can tell you it wasn't before. Right. Well, the actual cutout space will generally stop, uh, you know, 8 to 12 inches from both edges or outside edges of your the peak of your roof. Right. Um, but you can continue that plastic piece all the way to the edge, and it's really more of an aesthetic yeah. issue than, you know, a functionality issue. Um, you'll see in a lot of new construction, new homes, you know, the, the builder or roofer will try to save money by not extending the ridge vent all the way out. Right. Um, but personally, I think it just gives a better appearance to the roof to go edge to edge. You do. Well, and they're so effective. I mean, you can ask Will, how many houses have you been standing on the peak of a roof that has a ridge vent on a hot day? And just tell me how much heat you see pouring out of that ridge vent. 
like you said, not only can you feel it, but you can almost see it. Yeah, <laughs> almost like you're standing in the desert and you see right. a mirage in the distance. Of the, that's right. what it looks like. It, they're incredible. They work very well. Tammy from Four Oaks, thank you very much for hanging on and for uh, calling us up. Anne in Raleigh, you are on Making Your Home Great. Let me just explain. You're on with Will Hayes from work uh, from RoofWorks and Brock Emmons from Triangle Radiant Barrier. Nothing you can ask them. They don't know something about. Hi, Ann. Hi. I'm sorry. I may have missed, well, I did miss the first part of the conversation from uh, uh, one of your past guests. In That's the last okay. Few minutes. Uh, but I had something very similar. He used the terminology sag in the roof. Yes. I always thought of it as a dip. And um, the roof is two and a half years old. I noticed this one spot on the roof uh, a year after it was put on. But all OSB was new. That's what I paid for. Uh, but I kind of questioned that. The boss was not on the site. But um, I had wanted to maybe find some camera that I could uh, slide into my attic, even though it's not a crawl-in attic at all, mm-hmm. uh, to photograph that area overhead to see if, in fact, it was circled, if it was new, whatever I could find out, then I'd feel better about making my complaint. But I hadn't been able to uh, find a camera that I could afford that would go 15 foot into a, a area. Yeah. But um, uh, when I did get the fellow to come out, and um, he was just saying I'd have to, I'd have to have it all torn off, and like I'd have to pay for the replacement. Yeah. Well, I didn't like that idea, and um, and I said, well, I don't know if, if GAF would, if that would ruin their warranty or not. Well, then he came up with another idea that. He could get them to go up in the attic and, in other words, jack it up from the inside. Sure. It, I wanted to find out if that is an acceptable way to do it or would I create more downstairs problems. Right. Um, we'll hold on just a moment. We'll we'll ask just that question. Gentlemen, I thought of this when the, the last fellow was on, talking about the SAG, which you have a technical term for, Will. What is that? Deflection. Deflection. Okay, the deflection, the sag, the dip. Well, in a situation where you've got a stick-built house, um, one rafter could be slightly lower than the two rafters on either side of it. Right. And that in itself could create a little bit of a depression in the roof or deflection that she's seeing. It's not necessarily, you know, a warranty item or something that's going to cause any long-term problems, but it's certainly something that we've see in older houses what do you think rock it jack it up from the inside i, I wouldn't the i would not recommend that really it, it would be okay. it would have to be an exact science it, it really would if you're jacking it up from the inside you would want to make sure that it's perfectly level if you go up too much yeah now you're opening up new holes and new problems yeah okay uh so no i don't know if that would be my recommendation um you know I, what would happen <laughs> downstairs you'd have a crack in the dining room right. from wall to wall and it would be something you've lowered the floor well depending on something depending on how serious the issue is the probably the best way to correct that would be to remove the shingles in that area and probably pull the plywood up off of that rafter and then right. actually add a piece of wood or fur that rafter up you know to compensate for that extra height and does that make sense He's labeled my greatest fear that I'd have more problems than yeah. I wanted uh, with the with that suggestion. But um, 
if it turned out that there was no replacement completely over the whole area with new OBS, um, yes. that would be, if I could bring forth that information, that would put a different total light on it, wouldn't yeah. it? Uh, I think then you'd probably uh, have a lawsuit uh, with the contractor right. if you had a contract to replace all the OSB and that didn't happen. Right. And <laughs> often enough, often enough, we exceed our ability to answer. I think you need somebody who's a home repair person and a lawyer. <laughs> I really didn't want to have to take it that far. I don't I, know that I'd get that far. Yeah. But with the shingle differentiation in color after two and a half years with the architectural, the HD, show up that much. Are you saying that your shingles have faded? No, no, they look fine. They I look fine. With a, a new layer of shingles, if, if we chose to just... Uh, direct the attention to a spot on the exterior. All right. So Anne is anticipating putting more shingles onto a sagging area. Well, no, taking it off and replacing it. Taking it off and replacing it, it, shimming it. And all right. Well, Anne, I I think your question is, will the shingles today match what you did two and a half years ago? And the the short answer is it'll probably be fairly close. But there likely is going to be some noticeable difference just due to weathering and algae and, and different things that are in the air. Um, it kind of, a lot of it is going to depend on which way your house faces. If it's on the north or south side, the north side typically shows, you know, more algae growth and, and discoloration than, than other parts of the house. Well, this is the more full afternoon sun, baking yes. hot, you know. It's, um, and that sounds like the south side, which yeah. would probably be in your favor. Right. But uh, I just wondered, would it have to be at my expense if this was, Uh, if they didn't use the uh, all new wood in that one spot? And all I can say, again, we have exceeded (laughs) our ability. However, should Will from RoofWorks, Will Hayes, go to law school? And come back with a, you know, with a doctorate in in law. He might be able to answer that question. And honestly, we don't know. All right. Well, I do appreciate the input. We we sympathize, though. You got to get a, a studio full of sympathetic folks, um, and, yep. and we're sorry that it's driving you. Well, at least I I know we don't approach it from the attic side. That, that, that's very good to know. Right. Yeah. That that that's a tough one. I mean, if if she had contracted a company to come in and replace all of the the decking on the roof, and they didn't do that, yeah, then I, I think she has a, a pretty good argument there. Um, but it, if it's not accessible, if the only way to get down there is to cut a new hole in the drywall or stick yeah. a camera on a 15-foot pole, yeah, um, that's also pretty difficult to, to get, get eyes on. All right. And thank you very much. I'm going to let you go. You know, the it does tell you something about this radio show, actually, because we kind of vet the people who are going to come on. We don't have people on the radio show who are fly-by-night. I think Mike has done a great job with that. Everybody he brings right. us are great standing. So the the point is, you've really got to listen to the show and listen to the people and the quality of the people and know that they're not going to walk away. I have hired people who are just knuckleheads, okay? I have, and I was not able to anticipate that they were knuckleheads, Okay. And and I say that it it's it's a technical term of mine because I want to stay employed in radio, but but there was a group that that were they were they were supposed to put a ceiling on a on a 
a new room, a, you know, an ad, a bonus room. Bonus room, yeah. All right. And as they added more of these two-by-eights right. that they were going to hang sheetrock on, mm-hmm. he said to me, well, you know, we found what's happening. I think that your entire roof is sagging. And I, right, right. Okay, these guys are looking at me like, really? Okay, a bunch of two-by-eights to hang sheetrock on. Should that weigh more than all that asphalt on top of my roof? No. No. So in other words, when you hire somebody, hire somebody decent. (laughs) Knows what they're talking about. Knows what they're talking about. I should have known because he had the first two-by-eight up. And you, you know what it looks like when somebody's hammered a nail and missed the nail? He had like 15 nails in there, and it looked like 45 or 50 hammer marks on the wood. Well, to that been, might have been his first day. I, I said, I, and he was trying to get them level. I said, do you have a laser level? Because that would, you know, 15 of these pieces of wood, we, we can do that. Yeah, no, I don't have one of those. Uh-huh. Might yeah. have a little deflection in your ceiling. I, but. Uh, right. Right. Well, he he suggested jacking them up. Well, I'm, I'm just well, that's to, my trouble, not yours. I'm sorry. To, to, Will Will Hayes is here from RoofWorks. I want to make sure that we make a big deal of the fact that the website is RoofWorks. R O O F W E R K S. RoofWorks dot com, which was on purpose, by the way. Correct. <laughs> yeah, right. we're not just bad spellers. Okay, <laughs> that would. Although somewhere, at least you spelled roof correctly. That's right. good. Um, you'll also put in uh, solar uh, or uh, sunlights. Correct. Sky, skylights. Solar tubes. Yeah, that's right. Solar Sun, tubes and skylights. We actually use a sun tunnel product from Velux. We're a five star certified with them. Um, I guess we do. Lots of different skylights, and there are lots of options. You can yeah. get solar-mounted blinds. And Brock mentioned earlier about the federal tax credits. That federal tax credit not only applies to the actual skylight unit itself, but it right. applies to all the installation required. That's right. So, you know, if you put in a $3,000 skylight, you're going to get 30% of that back as a federal – a true tax credit. Right. And these are high-quality things. I, we've all seen skylights that were put in in 1965 or something, and they don't look good. These are quality, though. Uh, the technology in skylights has really improved over the last 20 years. Um, I think Velux is probably considered the you know, highest-quality skylight out there. Yeah. Um, and they, like I said, there's many different options. They've got, you know, opening skylights. They have ones that open manually, right. electrically, or even with, with solar. Let's get Ann. Ann needs a skylight. She needs a skylight. Into the attic. In space. the sag area. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. That's well, it. I, you could, if you're going to go to all that trouble, you might as well put a skylight in if you're going right. to have to change yeah. the framing. we got the hole in the roof now. I can climb in there and assess it, and then we'll put a skylight in. I think it's brilliant. Oh, God bless Ann. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Ann, for that phone call. And we're not laughing at your no, situation. We're, we're sympathetic. We just we're shaking our heads, saying, "I don't know what to do." I would be frustrated. I would too. Hire somebody quality like RoofWorks or the folks at Triangle Radiant Barrier. Brock, last thoughts of the day. What do you What do you have for us? 
Uh, well, I'm looking forward to the weather this next week. We're supposed to get some rain here finally. So yeah. my, my poor guys have been working in 94 degree attics, you know, 127 degree attics. Wow. It's just we're 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 wanting the clouds to roll in here soon. Yeah. Um, contact information for Brock. You guys can visit our website at triangleradiantbarrier.com and sign up for uh, estimates right there on our website. Will Hayes, how are we going to get in contact with RoofWorks? Uh, the best way is the website, www.roofworks.com, and that is W-E-R-K-S, or you can reach us at 919-852-2660. And this radio program is called Making Your Home Great. I thank the people who've called in today and asked their questions.